Hello and welcome to the Cold Chain Podcast. My name is Shane Brennan and I have the privilege of hosting this unique conversation podcast. The Cold Chain Podcast is your window into the personalities, ideas and aspirations of the business leaders that shape our industry here in the UK and around the world. Often the people I talk to come with 20 to 30 years experience in Cold Chain. There isn't a part of the way the Cold Chain works in the UK or a part of our history that they haven't lived or haven't um, got unique experience of. And those people bring huge value, and I've learned so much from them over the years. But increasingly, as I look around our industry, I come across new, a new generation with new ideas, different kinds of experience from different parts of the logistics sector in the UK and around the world. And they bring in those fresh ideas and approaches to our way of doing business. And that's what I'm going to bring you today with a conversation I had with Claire Walters, the new head of Lineage Logistics in the UK. Claire comes with a background of working in logistics in the mobile phone sector, in the automotive industry, brilliant national and international experience of excellent supply chain practice. But for the first time in the last year, working within our temperature controlled frozen foods industry and um, we're delighted to have her on involved. We're delighted to have her on the board of the Cold Chain Federation. And I've already learned a huge amount from her in the time that we've been working together. So I'm delighted to share with you this conversation um, about Claire's background, her experience of leadership, her experience of um, pushing herself and, and the lessons you can learn from someone who's been through a journey of creating a career in this industry. And Whilst it is by no means a feature or focus of the conversation we had, Claire obviously stands out as a unfortunately still too rare female leader of a major logistics operation in the UK. And I think in that alone, she is an inspiration to thousands of others who we want to see attracted into our industry. So before I hand over to our conversation with Claire, uh, to remind you about the value of uh, subscribing to the cold chain podcast available to you on all of the main uh, podcast feeds and also please share the podcast with your with friends with colleagues with others that you think might find it interesting the more people listen the more reviews we get the better reach we'll receive for this uh, unique uh, opportunity to um, share knowledge and to learn from each other so let's hand over now to our conversation with claire walters from lineage logistics Claire Walters, welcome to the Cold Chain Podcast. Thank you. Good morning. Great to have you with us, Claire. It's great to be talking to you in the week before we have our first board meeting where you've joined the Cold Chain Federation board. No, I'm really excited. I uh, can't wait for the first board. My expectations are very high, no pressure, but uh, great to be here. Thank you for having me. And Claire, you took on the leadership of Lineage Logistics in the UK sort of, is it about a year ago now? Just under, about 11 months or so, yeah. yeah. And um, I guess the best place to start with these conversations is to ask you about... Um, about your background and how, how what led you to the point of, of coming into the cold storage industry and I know that more often often we talk to people who sort of say well I started on the shop floor and I've worked in cold storage all my life and all that kind of thing that's not quite your story is it? No I mean um, like everyone I, I think I probably fell into logistics uh, rather than and sat there and as a small child and thought that's what I want to do when I grow up um, so uh, I actually did a law degree 
uh, which was amazing, had a brilliant time, made a bunch of friends for life, but decided I didn't want to be a lawyer. So at, at the end of that, I kind of left and um, did the stereotypical, I want to just do a job, save up some money and go traveling and see the world. So I took on a role with a startup, an amazing adventure. There was only four people when I joined and um, there ended up being about 100 people. And just by virtue of long service, I kind of got given bigger and bigger jobs, sort of probably a little bit in excess of my uh, my capability at the time, but um, had an absolute blast. Um, never quite made it to go proper traveling, so uh, had, had to rely on, on, on holidays. And uh, but yeah, learned so much in that time when you're in a business, uh, you, you, you'll have experienced this yourself where you kind of have to do everything <laughs> the things that need moving around the office. It literally doesn't matter what it is. You've got, you've got to get in there yourself. So what, so what, what was the business? What was actually the industry that the, the company was in? Well, uh, so back in the day, it was installing like uh, telephone switches in offices uh, and right. pay phones, if you remember them vaguely oh back, back, back in the day and, wow. uh, and, and cards. So, the sort of thing uh, my kids literally, I was, I was trying to have this conversation the other day with one of my daughters. She was like, I said, hey, but, she said, well, can I get a phone? Can I get a phone? I'm like, no, you can't have a phone. She said, in my, she said, you had a phone when you were at school. But in my day, if I wanted to make a phone call, I had to go and ring someone's mum. And then have, have 10p on me, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that it was um, essentially it was um, a nationwide team of engineers. So um, yeah, I used to kind of um, eventually got to the point where I was looking after them, looking after um, the sort of call centre that 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 ran um, ran that. Um, so it was yeah, super exciting, and I learnt loads. Um, and then I actually responded to a blind advert, um, uh, which is how I ended up at Unipart. So it was talking about um, having won a, a contract with a technology company um, and, and wanting somebody to come in and sort of set up a, a customer service centre, which is a little bit what I'd been doing. Um, and um, just did a whole variety of roles. So I joined um, Uniparts technology logistics business, which again was tiny. It was more of an aspiration um, than, than a thing at that moment in time. And so what were, you, what were Uniparts sort of, what, what logistics services were they actually providing? So at that time, it was automotive logistics. So that was very much the background coming out of British Leyland back in the day and growing as well as um, kind of parts, but also into automotive logistics. So <clears throat> it was a moment in time of can we take this expertise and the real focus on quality parts million and, and move it into the fast growing technology sector. So um, <clears throat> that was really exciting. I got loads of jobs um, in project management, account management, um, just a li little bit of everything. Um, and then I um, was appointed as the account manager for Vodafone, um, which was like a tiny contract that we had. So I went and lived down in Newbury for a while and was very fortunate to kind of negotiate a 10-year contract with them. And, and they also <laughs> were brave to, uh, to hand over their repair business of mobile phones, despite both parties knowing that, that Unicart had never repaired a mobile phone before. So it was... <laughs> It was a really exciting moment and 
ironically at that time I thought I'd reached my commercial pinnacle and um, so I stuck my hand up and said I want to deliver this because I'm I just feel fully invested in it and and deeply excited and the company was amazing so I knew and they knew that I didn't know how to do that but it really gave me a chance to kind of create a team um, go on an adventure and, and and get cracking so probably one of the most exciting things I've been involved in actually you know building something new from the ground up experimenting a lot trying to work out you know what was the right technology to use getting loads and loads of people so yeah that that was an amazing experience learnt loads and then um kind of got a wider role looking after full Vodafone account as account director and then my boss left really suddenly and way before I felt ready necessarily to be a managing director again the business took a massive chance on me and 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 gave me that role so huge learning curve in terms of kind of corporate plan cycles and, and, and all the, the things that you uh, you get invested in um, as, as a managing director. And then, yeah, just loads, loads of exciting things, fantastic team, won quite a lot of uh, great new customers. Um, we also merged the um, kind of retail consumer business, um, which is a huge learning curve for me, so into the business. And uh, I kind of thought, this will be, uh, you know, two businesses with a very strong culture. We'll uh, we'll put them together and we'll all be friends and it will all be really nice. And uh, that that was uh, quite an, an interesting journey. But uh, yeah, lot lot lots and lots of fun. I've never worked, I've never personally worked in very large organisation, but these sort of cultural fits and merging cultures and bringing together different kind of worldviews. Two companies that kind of evolve become successful over time in different ways and come together in the same it's amazing how much that isn't a natural that that's a long process to work through oh it totally is yeah and you've kind of got to take everybody on a journey and 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 try and figure out you know whilst having some red lines maybe around values and and you know how how things are going to work and it's okay to experiment a bit in some areas, but these are the, the things that are, are not negotiable. Um, but yeah, it was it was uh, it was a journey, I think, for, for for everybody. But and ended up in a fantastic place, and and again more more learning. And then um, we kind of merged the technology and automotive businesses together. And then I took on a chief commercial officer role, so that was kind of operating internationally. So looking after the kind of smaller uh, businesses that we had in the US and across Asia Pac and learning about automotive and and doing a strategy for the business and then winning the um, NHS supply chain contract having decided to move into health so that that was a real adventure just before the pandemic <laughs> so I don't like to link the two things but um, yeah it's... are you going to be called before the inquiry Claire is this, is this <laughs> what, just, just the moment is this just practice no so um, it was uh, again it was a really nice time through the pandemic for people to feel purposeful and, and busy and, and to be able to deploy people from across all, all, all different sectors and logistics. So yeah, lot, lots and lots of change. I felt like um, in 22 years, I, I kind of got lots and lots of opportunity, lots and lots of change. Um, and then uh, Lineage came knocking on my door and, uh, and, and here I am. So literally the first time you came into the frozen food temperature control space was when you arrived heading up the UK business um, um, 
I just had just turned 11 months ago. Yeah, so again, um, you know, I felt very privileged that, that Lineage took a bit of a chance on, on me, um, kind of knowing what I what I knew and what I didn't know. Um, but yeah, it's been, uh, it's been fantastic, actually. So everybody across the business has been hugely welcoming. Um, my team have been brilliant um, and, and, and the wider Lineage business and actually the whole industry. You know, felt very welcomed by the CCF and 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 everybody involved. So um, it's been a, a great learning curve. I still I still have days where I think I'm on my learning curve, but uh, re- really really enjoying it. And um, yeah, it's uh, lots and lots of change, lots going on, but uh, I, I think a super exciting place to be at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I was I was delighted to hear. Obviously, once once we knew that the previous uh, uh, UK leader was 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 moving on up and, and out, that they need to bring in someone new. When when sort of we heard that it was going to be yourself, not like we'd ever met before or anything. It was just great to see someone coming in who was got an out has that kind of outside perspective in a way, not not grown up in the industry yeah. because you know you know much as it's there are lots of strengths to the fact that there are lots of leaders in our industry that are. Um, that have been doing it for 20, 30 years and they, they, there's nothing they don't know about the history of and the ways of d- d- dealing in temperature controlled logistics. And there are, we know, very specific challenges that come, that come with that. But the variety of having people from out from, from, with other perspectives makes a, huge, makes a huge difference. And I think it shows, in my mind, a bit of maturity or a maturing or a change, maybe is another way of putting it, in the, in the nature of how we do temperature controlled logistics um, in the UK that uh that, that people like yourself are, are coming into it and i guess lineage now no, no pressure right no pressure yeah basically like, you need to come and sort out all our problems you know here are all the things we've been doing wrong for all this time can you please basically just just sort them all out please that'd be great um but um, yeah, no i mean what lineage is what 11 years old now as a business isn't it so and it's a business that has gone through that journey in terms of starting to create a kind of corporate structure for itself that will that will manage the scale that it now now occupies. I mean, can you sort of summarise where Glenage are at in terms of where its presence in the UK right now? Yeah, so um, we uh, focus on on temperature controlled logistics. Um, so we do warehousing. We do um, also integrated solutions. So transport across the UK. So we have fourteen sites. Um, we have seventeen hundred people. And um, yeah, it's uh, a, a real focus across the, the wider supply chain, supporting uh, retailers, food service companies, manufacturers um, a, a, across the piece. Yeah. And um, how many facilities are you currently uh, operating? So we've got 14 facilities across the UK. Yeah. And um, so, so when Lineage acquired the Yearsley operation, I think Lineage had two or three at the time and, uh, and obviously added the Yearsley estate to that. And actually, been going through quite a lot of growth. I mean, I mean, I've had a chance, I've been privileged to have a walk around your Peterborough facility, which I think is you know something that's genuinely impressive in terms of its uh, how it how it's put together and, and what it does. I mean, how's that site sort of bedding down now that it's uh, now that it's a sort of sort of slightly, it's slightly younger than you in terms of its well, certainly phase two anyway in terms of time in, <laughs> time in the business. Yeah, no, really well. Um, I mean, uh, as, as as a logistics nerd, I, I, I absolutely love going there. It's uh, it's a really um, sexy site, <laughs> if that's the, the right word in, in a logistics context. But yeah, the, uh, the 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 automation is is fantastic and deeply impressive. Um, it's 
it's working really well having the flexibility of half of the site being automated half of the site being quite manual um, so a really nice example of people uh, kind of growing in jobs uh, alongside uh, a super efficient uh, automated warehouse uh, which had the opportunity to star on Newsnight recently. So yes. uh, that, that was a very so, proud moment for us. Very proud moment for all of us. We, I, I, like, whenever you get a cold store on the, on, on the national news, I get very excited about these things. So I'm, I'm delighted to see it. <laughs> um, so, I mean, obviously, I mean, it's, it's in a good location as well, isn't it? I mean, that sort of southerly kind of, you know, we're so used to having the larger facilities sort of more, you know, in the north of the country. It's kind of where they, you know, that's where the, the heritage of cold storage is. So, so being in that location, do you sort of see, are you seeing that those advantages pay off for your customers already? Oh, completely. Um, so it's, it's been uh, it's been a joy talking to customers and, and, and showing them around um, Peterborough. Um, you know, to your point, it's got great access to the ports um, and um, a, a really um, good central location. Um, I always laugh as someone that lives in the Midlands um, when, when people call it a, a south location. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not really. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's really well located. Yeah. So. yeah. Um, it definitely is a south. You've got to go to the north of Scotland. You're definitely, definitely southerly when you're down, <laughs> when you're down there. Sort of, um, but uh, Midlands, yeah. Uh, and in terms of so. So this, this is sort of the, the, the obvious question to ask, but also the, the one that sort of doesn't really have an obvious answer. How would you sort of assess where we're at in terms of the cold chain storage, sorry, cold chain market, temperature controlled logistics market uh, right now? You know, obviously it's been so much turmoil and change and, and sort of crisis for so, many, for, so, for so many months, if not years. Would you say we're out of that now in terms of your assessment of the market or, or where, where, where would you say we are? So, um, I mean, as you say, it's it's been uh, uh, one of those periods where you look back and you think, how how did an industry deal with COVID and Brexit and um, labour challenges and, and and all the many things that that we've kind of together wrestled with um, over the last few years. Um, what I'm increasingly seeing is is our customers um, are, are taking bold positive decisions and, and doing well um, and in our industry we kind of attach ourselves to coattails of, of brilliant customers and, and and then that's that's good for us as well um, I mean clearly there's there's new legislation coming in October so there's there's challenges that we are all working through still as as an industry but I feel uh, deeply positive for the future I think um it's a challenging time for the country with, with a cost of living crisis. And what we do in terms of, of frozen food is, is, is a good way of, uh, of, of people um, getting um, nutritious dinners, dinners on their plates. Um, so I feel like we're in, uh, we're in a positive place, having, having navigated challenges in, in so many areas over the last few years. Yeah, sort of what doesn't kill you make you stronger. Although and I, that, that, that actually isn't the isn't the right way of defining what happened in temperature control issues, I don't think. Actually, we, we very much coped at every stage. And whilst there was a lot of kind of stress around what we were doing, I think actually what we saw or experienced through the time was actually quite a lot of good, continuous kind of delivery, even, even though things were, think, think things were difficult um, in the kind of country. Um, I think you just... I think, um, people were just heroic, yeah. yeah. I mean, it felt like... Um, and, and it was so nice to see people becoming key workers and, and the importance of, of the job because, for me, what's frustrated me over the years is is logistics is 
this quiet thing that goes on in the background and people only really talk about it when something goes wrong normally um and, and I think it maybe took the pandemic for everybody to to realize just like it's the heart of everything it's it's literally what's keeping the country going what's keeping all businesses going and um it was it was really nice to see just how amazingly people pulled it out of the bag and and, and coped with everything and and people started can I ask you something about you know when you were talking about your sort of um your uh, your career history and stuff. You talked a couple of times about times when you've taken on roles where you didn't feel like necessarily you were when you took it on. You were you were quite ready. I, that's quite a striking thing that you said, and I sort of uh, sort of noticed it. I always ask you to sort of unpack that in terms of your messages, maybe to your younger self and or people that are coming up in the industry. What's your 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 message around that sort of um, around whether you whether you take that step and how you take that step in in those sorts of situations. Yeah, no, absolutely. So uh, my, my message to everybody would be put yourself forward, be brave. Um, don't assume there's other people out there that, that know more than you do. Um, just stick your head above the parapet. Um, and particularly where there's a difficult challenge and, you know, everybody's maybe taking a step back, waiting to see what happens, you know, be, be that person that, that steps forward. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, in, in, in any um, time like that, just get truly brilliant people around you, um, you know, which, which I've always been very fortunate to, to be surrounded by really, really talented, really, really impressive people. And, and, and that makes such a difference. But yeah, I'd say be, be passionate about everything you do, care deeply um, <clears throat> about what you do, um, be flexible. Because, um, you know, sometimes you've got to put yourself out, you've got to travel, um, you, you know, you've got to be open to uh, to, to, to new things um, and also be that person that's trying to find solutions. Um, so, you know, so, so sometimes there's, there's a lot of restating problems or, you know, talking about what the problems are, you know try to be that person that stands up and says, what about this? Um, uh, but, do you know, the main message I think I'd give to everybody is just believe in yourself, because I think a lot of what holds people back is is confidence. Um, and in my experience, you know, any one of us, when we're put in a, a sink or swim, you know, slightly out of our comfort zone, you know, I had years where I couldn't see my comfort zone. Um, but we, um, you know, in the end, we get on with it, don't we? We, we? we deliver. And that's when I think people are really surprising um you know even when you put someone in a role and you you kind of know they're going to be really really brilliant um but quite often they're even more brilliant because they're just really really focused on on not letting people down which is how I've always felt when, when I've known that someone's uh, taken a chance on me just just determined to uh, to prove them correct so yeah I think um for me it's about putting yourself forward um and I'm not looking at a list of what a job requires and thinking about what you can't do, um, but think about what you can do um, because it, it, it'll actually be most of that list. Yeah, no, that really, that really resonates all that, all you just said there. I think that the idea of, you know, confidence, confidence doesn't mean you know, you know everything. Confidence doesn't mean that you, you know for certain that you have all the answers at your fingertips immediately. And be, I would always be suspicious of people that, that behave that way. I think, you know. Well, I still get this advice wrong, by the way, for myself. So that this <laughs> yeah. is just what 
I think. Yeah. <laughs> this is how I think it should you be. Have to, have to give, yourself, give yourself that talking to on a regular basis, as, as you would, yeah. as you would, as you would the team. And I think that's the. I, I certainly, yeah, I, I recognise a lot of that in myself as well, and what you've what you've just said around 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 things. Um, yeah, and I think that sort of humility to to sort of um, to sort of look at where the issues are, but also then at that point you just said about um, about. Uh, don't just think about the problems. Just think about what what, 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 what be the person who position. I had it on somewhere else. Someone saying that the other day. I can't remember who it was saying. You know, s- senior people notice people that stand up and say, "Here's a solution to this problem," rather than the people that are willing to tell them what they kind of already know where the problem actually is. Um, that isn't to say you should hide problems, but you need to need to be thinking about what solutions are. I guess. But, but both are useful. Um, you know, in in a big business. Um, I also truly appreciate um, when when people, you know, we're the best one in the world, we care deeply about people, we try and get things right, but occasionally we make a misstep. And, um, you know, for me, that person that's that's willing to chat to me, um, you know, I I had it recently, we we climbed the three peaks for charity, we have people from all of our sites, um, and, and, and people are able to say, do you realise, you know, what 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 this uh, small decision that somebody made has has meant for me and, and my job? And you know, to get that kind of feedback, you can solve things immediately. Uh, but but sometimes you just don't always, or people are so busy, or there's so much going on, you just don't always notice. So I think both both things are important. But yeah, a- absolutely. Um, you know, and, and and in that scenario, I'd always say, you know, great. You know, come and be part of a forum where we talk about this stuff and we find some solutions. So. I would imagine if you're sort of I don't know I don't know what you specifically mean in that terms of that in that context. But you know, if you're a relatively junior member of the team, you know, the solution might be to go and have the, the bravery in a way to go and talk to a senior leader and sort of just identify absolutely. that that's that is that is that is taking the issue in, and 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 dealing with it. You know, and as long as you're doing that because you're motivated to see that resolved and to, to to create a better situation for yourself and your colleagues then that's a really strong thing to do and we'll get noticed yeah and we have we have a great saying in lineage which really resonates with me which is attack the problem not the person so i think whenever you're um whenever you're giving feedback um always make it about the situation and and, and not about any person that's involved in that so you just said about you did the three peaks challenge together as a team i saw i saw that on social media so um so that was completed what was it what was it for the the challenge uh we did it in Ada fair share actually okay. um so um it's kind of important for us to work in partnership with the charity that's in line with our mission um so very much about reducing food waste so um, we have a sort of four-pronged partnership with them in terms of um, trying to provide them with some logistics support, um, trying to um, work with customers in terms of food donations, um, trying to set up volunteering opportunities. We, we have a day for good for all of our people um, that they can go and spend. Um, and, and I did it in, uh, in Greater Manchester and it was absolutely humbling and inspirational as, as, as a way to spend a day. Um, and then finally, to um, to try and raise some money because uh, ca- cash is always good uh, as, as a charity. So that's uh, the, the the three peaks was it was trying to kick that off, um, and and also a, a great way you know for me to get Team UK together from from you know people from the different sites because we're we're mostly twenty four seven operations and we don't get to get together very often. So it was uh, just an incredible spirit actually of, of kind of helping each other at mountains it's a real bonding experience 
brilliant. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. And I love to see that kind of thing. It really makes a it makes a difference to sort of just just people's feeling about what our industry is about. You know, you know. Um, final sort of, sort of question or a couple of questions for you, Claire. Really, um, obviously, I mentioned at the start of this conversation that you recently joined the Culture and Federation Board, which we're delighted to, to have you on board. Um, What's your sort of view of, of groups like Cold Chain Federation, the sort of industry sort of trade bodies where sort of competitors or sort of fellow industry kind of businesses come together? Do you, what, what do you think their role is um, in terms of how you've worked in the past and how you see the future? Um, I mean, as, as we said earlier, I'm thrilled to be part of the, uh, the board of the, of the Cold Chain, so Cold Chain Federation. So um, d- deeply looking forward to uh, trying to... Uh, work with you and your team and, and, and see where we can go with that. Um, I think for me, it's about being a voice um, of, of the industry. So um, again, being able to stand up and say constructively, um, you know, what changes in policy might mean. Um, so to do some, some lobbying, um, particularly at the moment when there's so much going on and, you know, so, so many potential small impacts that can add up to a, a big impact. Um, and if nothing else, even if things can't be unpicked, you know, to, to your point earlier, let's make sure all the issues are understood at least um, so that nobody's kind of sleepwalking into something that that might be problematic. Um, and then everyone stands up and says, oh, I wish someone had mentioned that that might impact on the food supply chain. Um, you know, let, let's never let's never be there. Um, I think there's a, a piece around development of people. You know, it was. So special in in May to have the parliamentary reception and to be able to recognise um, people from um, across lineage, but also from across the industry who um, have have achieved truly fantastic things um, and, and recognise, you know, getting all that talent together in one room quite quite an exciting time and and what a what a brilliant surroundings to be able to yeah. do that. Thank you, thank you again, Claire, to the to, to lineage for your support for that event and you know your ongoing support you know, directly for the, for the activity of the organisation and uh, can't, can, can echo you enough. It's delighted to hear, I mean, breaking news that Generation Logistics, which is the initiative that we sort of support as, as one part, has secured funding for another year. So we're going to be able to continue the good work of that of that platform into, into next year, which is fantastic. Absolutely. And, and, and I think finally, um, it's also about, you know, helping uh, education on, on technology and kind of changes that, that, that go on in, in the industry. Um, and, and then um, helping all of us think through um, challenges in, in terms of environmental goals, etc. So I think there's a huge role that, that the CCF can and does play um, across our industry. And yeah, I'm really delighted to be part of that. So Claire, thank you. thank you so much for um, for doing this interview today. Um, like I say, delighted to have you um, in the cold chain family and um, look forward to working much more closely in the months ahead. Yeah, no, uh, re- really looking forward to it. So uh, thank you for, for the chat. So that's our conversation. I'm sure that you agree with me that Claire is a brilliant addition to the cold chain in the UK and to our leadership in the cold chain federation. I'm always grateful and humbled by the fact that people like Claire bring me into their confidence and willing to talk to me at length about what their business is and how they what they're doing. Uh, it makes it possible for me to do my job running the cold chain federation in the UK, but it also is really. Um, motivating and inspiring it gives me the sense of you know what we're doing this for and why it really matters so hopefully you took some interesting things from that conversation too that's nearly the end of our show for today 
Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to share this with your friends. Until next time, thanks for listening to the Cold Chain Podcast.